Well, good morning. Good to see you today. Welcome home. We are so glad that you're here this morning, the first Sunday in 2018. Time flies. Hey, I wanted to celebrate with you a couple of things today. Uh, last week, we shared with you a need uh, every each service uh, that Brendan and Michaela, their house had burned down on Christmas Eve. And so we took up an offering for them last week. And I just wanted to report back to you that you, along with the other services, raised $2,647 for Brendan and Michaela. So let's give God a hand for that. That's awesome. <clears throat> And then if you were a part of the flash mob, we wanted to say a special thank you to you as well. We had another benevolent need that came in. And within just a few days, uh, just the flash mob group by themselves raised $2,300 for that need as well. So give God a hand. That is awesome. That is awesome. And next week, we're going to start, start a series called Be Generous. And that's what's so exciting is to be a part of a group that is so generous. Uh, today, we are talking about brand new. And I want to celebrate with you what took place just in the last service. Um, we j- had six people join through membership. We dedicated four babies to the Lord and uh, excited about five new people who came to Christ and were baptized uh, at the 10 o'clock service. So let's give God a hand for that. That is awesome. And so we're excited for this new year, and today we're talking about brand new. Um, When you think of brand new, there's a lot of things that uh, may come to your mind. Uh, But today, I wanted to share with you, just kind of as we kick things off, my children actually got something brand new about two weeks ago. All right, this is your very last present of the... Yep, we're ready. All right, Noah, are you ready? Okay, we got a little extra gift for you. Count three. Go ahead and Whatever you want it to be. Her name is really Star, but you can name her whatever you want. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> it's your dog. I know. <laughs> So that's the dog. There's not three dogs. There's one dog for three kids, just to make sure. I share that with you today. We're talking about brand new because for the longest time, we didn't want to get our kids a dog because Wit's allergic to dogs. She's allergic to cats. And I didn't really want to have to mess with one. And so for Noah's almost 12, and for the last almost 12 years, we've just said no, 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 no. And for whatever reason, around October, Whitney said, hey, come here, I got an idea for Christmas for the kids. And I go, I have one too. All right, I don't think you're going to go for it. She goes, I want to get a puppy. I'm like, me too. She goes, you do? I said, yeah, you do? Yeah. She goes, uh, I said, what's making you change your mind? She goes, I don't know. I just, I think the timing's right. And even though I'm allergic, I feel bad that the kids don't have a dog. And so that's what we did. We, we, We got a dog. And I share that with you today because the difference between not having a puppy And having a puppy was just a change in mindset, just a different perspective. Now, I'm not advocating getting a dog. In fact, since we've got one, I'm rethinking that just a little bit. But that's all right. The kids like it. I share that with you because as we get into this brand new thing, sometimes we have a tendency to think that whatever we want to see happen this year or whatever we'd like to see happen this year or, you know, whatever God's plan is for us can't happen because of something going on in our lives. 
And as long as we think like that, things continue to stay as they are. But imagine what could happen if all that changed was your thinking. And at the same time, all of that takes place as we are walking with God in His presence. You see, God changes our heart and our mind and our story as we connect ourselves to Him. In fact, we can have a brand new dose of God's presence every day, which can create that new perspective and that new passion and that new purpose. Let's read it together. We can have brand new doses of God's presence Every day. So that's my prayer for for myself and for all of us. And my hope that you would pray that this year. Is that every single day. We would begin to pray. God give me a fresh or brand new dose. Of your presence. There's a lot of things that can happen. When we begin to give God our lives. And we begin to seek his presence every day. You know, Jeremiah is somebody that could relate to us because he understood what, how hard life can be sometimes. Jeremiah, in fact, was called the weeping prophet. If you think in terms of baseball, God called Jeremiah to bat but never get a hit. You see, God's plan for Jeremiah was to share with Israel that they needed to change their ways and turn back to God. In fact, they needed to repent and give their lives to God. But here was the problem. He was obedient to give that message and speak that out, but no one would listen. Imagine how lonely and discouraging it would be to be beating this drum. God wants you to to return to him. You need to do what God's calling you to do. And no one listens. And so as a result of that, Jeremiah takes five chapters that that make up the book of, of Lamentations, And the whole book of Lamentations is him lamenting. Lamenting is a big word for grieving or or being filled with sorrow or just complaining or or just writing out his gut-wrenching stuff. Some of us, I'm not into it that much, but some people are into journaling and they write out what they're feeling and, and, and they write out their thoughts. And sometimes we'll write things to God that maybe we wouldn't write to anybody else. And that's what Jeremiah was doing. He's lamenting. Now hang with me for a second. So Jeremiah writes these five chapters where he's grieving and lamenting. God, you asked me to give this message and no one's listening. God, you asked me to give this message and no one's listening. And in the midst of his complaining, in the midst of his grieving, we find this one little sentence found in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21, which is before what you see on the screen. This one little verse before what you see on the screen. Complaining, lamenting, he says this. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. Verse 22. The faithful love of the Lord never, what? And his mercies, what? He's writing this. The people are in exile. The people are being destroyed, their people aren't listening, the people are involved in sin, and in the midst of his great grief, in the midst of his lamenting, in the midst of them being exiled to Babylon from their home, in the midst of all this chaos and craziness, Jeremiah says, Great is his faithfulness, the old hymn. 
His mercies begin what? Each. Each. You have to understand it's context. It's easy to celebrate when the Chiefs win the playoff game. It's hard when they lose the playoff game. Sorry, it's still fresh. (laughs) But in the midst of your sorrow, you can have brand new, fresh awe of God's presence. I take a lot of time to unpack that today because sometimes we think we're exempt from God's presence or from having that brand new, fresh touch of God because things in our life aren't going the way they should. When you go to the doctor and you get good news or bad news, his mercies are still new. When you get the job that you prayed for or someone else got the job that you prayed for, great is his faithfulness and his mercies are new each morning. When you've been praying for someone that you love to finally turn to God, and they do turn to God or they don't turn to God, His mercies begin afresh each morning. It doesn't matter the scenario. It doesn't matter what your story is or isn't. No one is exempt when they connect themselves with God from receiving new doses of God's presence each day. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. So here's what I want to share with you for just a couple of minutes today. I want to challenge myself and all of us to pray six things every single morning in 2018. Six things every single morning in 2018. Whatever your prayer list is, what you know, whatever you're praying for, I'd encourage you to to add these things to it, or maybe even to replace whatever you're praying for with these things. If we'll pray these six things for ourselves and other people, I believe God will do some great things that only He can get the credit for this year. So every day, and the homework today as we leave, is for you to find a time. Most people don't plan to fail, right? They fail to plan. It's for you to plan a time every day that works for you, okay? I'm not a 4 o'clock in the morning person, okay? So if I write down 4 o'clock in the morning, Harvey, it ain't going to happen. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to happen, Isaac. 4 o'clock in the morning ain't going to happen for me. But it might for you. Some of you go to bed at 7 o'clock. I don't know why you do, but some of you do. So 9 o'clock at night may not be the time for you to pray, all right? So whenever works best for you, Heidi, the kids aren't screaming and crying like my kids are. Whatever is your quiet time to pray these six things every single day, okay? For yourself, but don't forget other people. Here they are. You ready? First thing, God, I pray that you give me a brand new heart today. I'm not asking you to pray these six things today for the year. I'm asking you to pray these six things today and tomorrow to pray these six things for tomorrow and so on. God, give me a brand new heart today. You know, it's interesting. Typically, our heart is where our passion is. You know, I've shared before talking with staff and and other pastors. You know, they always talk about burnout. 
I don't believe that when you work your passion, you get burned out. I believe you get tired, but I don't think you get burned out. Pastor Jim went to children's camp every year for 24 years in a row because it was his passion. He took a couple weeks to recuperate afterwards, right? Need a break. But when you're working your heart's passion, you don't get burned out. You need a break. Sometimes when people get burned out, that means they might be working the wrong passion. But what if you prayed this year, God, would you, would you give me a brand new heart today? Would you give me a brand new passion for what you've called me to do? Would you give me a brand new passion, Lord, for your word and for your gospel? Have you ever been around somebody who just when you're around them, it's contagious and you just can't help but you just kind of pick up on their enthusiasm? That's the way we're supposed to be as believers. That when people see us, it's not that we're always on a high, but they see our passion for God and for other people. Paul writes to in his second letter to Corinth, he says that you're a letter for people to read. Showing what? The results. Showing what? Showing the results. See, as we live our lives for Christ, we demonstrate, not with our words, talk's cheap. Okay, we went to Dominican Republic one year and we passed out these salvation tracts. And that's great. Jesus saves. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we need to see Jesus saves. This, this letter, it's not written with pen and ink. It's carved or tattooed not on tablets of stone, but on what? What is that? Human hearts. Your heart and my heart is a letter. And as we walk with God, that letter says something specific. And if we don't walk with God, that letter says something specific. God, today, would you give me a brand new heart? God, would you give my wife or my husband a brand new heart? Would you give my enemies a brand new heart? Lord, would you give the people that need to know you a brand new heart? And while you're praying for a brand new heart, I challenge you to pray, God, give me a brand new mind, a brand new perspective. I was previewing some video stuff when I was a youth pastor. They always try to sell you this stuff, and they'll send you it. And if you don't send it back to them, then they charge you. But anyway, one of the things was this guy that has no arms and no legs. You've seen it before. What he has more than anybody I've ever seen is the most amazing attitude and perspective. And he jumps. They throw him into the water. And you'd think he'd just drown and somehow he's able to swim. I shared before, I was on a ski trip one time and I watched this blind guy ski down the mountain with a guy behind him telling him to stop, turn left, turn right. A one-legged guy, I was riding up the, the ski lift. Another guy was right doing it with one leg. You'd think a blind guy and a, and a guy that has one leg would just say, you know what, skiing's not for me, but that's not, what the, that's not the story they told themselves. What story are you letting Satan tell you? What story are you, t- are you believing that someone else is telling you? What story are you telling yourself? What would happen if your perspective changed? Now, I, I fall in the wrong category on this, but 95% of people gain weight back. Because their behavior changes. 
but the way they think about food doesn't. The 5%, according to the stat, that keep it off is they forever look at food differently. Their thinking's changed. Paul says that's the same way with our relationship with God. We think salvation is what changes us. Salvation is what saves us. But transformation is more of a mind thing than a heart thing. Listen, don't copy the, the behavior and customs of the world. Let God transform you into a new person by changing your heart. Is that what it says? By changing what? The way what? The way you think. We're saved. Our heart is saved. Our thinking is changed by our mind. What would happen this year if you said no to some things so you could say yes to some things? What would happen this year if you stopped telling yourself no in some areas God's calling you into and you started saying yes? What would happen if you started praying such and such, God, would I pray that they'd quit telling you no. I pray, Lord, that you would give them a mindset to say yes. Our eyes. God wants to give us new eyes. What would happen this year if you began to pray, God, give me brand new eyes. Help me to see myself and the people around me the way that you see them. Now, if you prayed this every day, you know, we've, those of you who grew up in the church, you hear this sermon every year. We package it differently. And if you go to another church or you've been to another church, they do the same thing. They package this, you know, new resolution stuff. But truly, what, if we did this, if we prayed this every day, what would happen? A friend of mine, Noel George, who used to be a youth pastor in Carthage, he told me a story about this kid that was in his youth group, had extreme body odor. I mean bad body odor. Whatever you're thinking in your mind, it was worse. At the same time, not only did he have bad body odor, but he was obnoxious. And whatever you're thinking obnoxious means in your mind, it's worse. And he would do whatever he could to avoid this kid for those two reasons. But at the same time, he was praying, God, give me your eyes. Help me to see people the way that you see them. Not the way that I see them. God took him seriously. And he began to convict Noel about how he saw this kid. And he said he went from avoiding the kid because he's obnoxious and because of his odor to embracing this kid and beginning to to meet with this kid one-on-one and beginning to love on this kid. You see, when we pray to have God's eyes, we begin to see things that we can't see on our own. Isaiah says, For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Let's read the next statement. Do you not See, what you see is a wilderness on the screen. What you see is a wasteland. That's what you see. But if you connect yourselves to me, what you're going to see is not a wilderness. You're going to see a pathway through the wilderness. And what you're going to see is not a wasteland. You're going to see rivers in the midst of the dry wasteland. It's amazing what we see. 
when we're connected to God and we're in his presence, not just for 2018, but for tomorrow and the next day and the next day. This one's hard for me sometimes. I have ADD. I've always got these ideas popping in my head. Most of the time they aren't worth anything. And so sometimes I'll be focused on something and someone's telling me something that's fundamentally important and I'm paying attention to my own self instead of listening to what they're saying. And they'll say, did you not hear, just hear what I said? But as we get a fresh dose of God's presence and we begin to pray, God, help me to hear and pay attention to what you want me to hear and pay attention to. Isaiah says, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Have you ever, I was talking to a friend just the other day, and what he told me God was calling him to do makes absolutely no sense on paper. But I trust his walk with God more than just about any, anything. You're asking me what I think? I think it's crazy. Why are you doing it? He said, I feel God's calling me to do it. See, God will point out some things that look like dead ends and he'll give you a a highway. You see a highway because you're connected to God and everybody else sees a dead end. And there's other times where you're walking with God and everybody else sees a highway and the Spirit lets you know that's a dead end. This is the way you should go. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Everybody else says that's a, that's a dead end. No, no. I know everybody's going the other direction. I want you to go here. Everybody else has tried to minister to them. Everybody's tried to help them. No, I'm calling you to it. Give us ears to hear. Here's the hard one. Give us a brand new mouth. That one creates tension. All right, we can all do it together. You ready? What would happen if you begin to pray, God, give me your mouth? Not just so that we wouldn't say negative things or we wouldn't curse or those kinds of things. Maybe you have a tendency to not want to confront people. But God is calling you to speak truth that's laced with grace to them. And you've kind of, you've kind of avoided that because your personality can't do that. But, but you feel like God's calling you to speak truth. What would you do if you just trusted God and walked into that this year? For those of us who love to give truth, maybe God's calling you to more grace and mercy. David says, let praise flow from my lips, for you have taught me your decrees. Let my tongue what? Let my tongue sing about your word. For all your commands are right. What would happen this year if you begin to pray that God would give you a mouth that exhorts encouragement, that praises God when everybody else wants to curse. You know, Job's wife, her response, her mouth, Job has a bunch of tragedies going on in his life. Her 
her way of dealing with it is to tell Job, why don't you curse God and die? That's what she used her mouth for. for. The Bible says when all these things took place, Job tears his robe and he worships God. God wants to give us a mouth of praise this year. Finally, hands and feet, which is our purpose. What if you begin to pray, God, show me ways that I can act on behalf of other people. We've all had people tell us things and didn't follow through. God desires for us not to just say we love God, not to just say we love our neighbor, but to show it. The reason that I celebrated at the beginning, if you notice of this service, and we try to celebrate every service, whether you picked up on that or not, we try to celebrate the going, gather, grow, and go, the going, the doing for people. It gives us a platform when we do for people. It gives us a platform to be able to tell them about Jesus. If you're not doing and going and helping and, and, and serving people at home or at work or wherever you're at, unrelated to our church, if you're just not doing that as a person, you don't probably have much of a platform to live out and share Jesus with people. God calls us to begin to pray, God, give me a brand new mind and heart about going and being the hands and the feet of Jesus. Jesus tells us what to do. Have you ever talked to somebody, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Jesus tells us what to do. Go and make disciples. Don't go and make baseball players. Don't go and make football players. Don't go and make dancers. Don't go and make synchronized swimmers. Don't go and make people who get straight A's. Don't go and make people, you know, whatever your hobbies are. He says the number one thing that we are to do in life and to teach others to do in life is to go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to do what? Obey. To obey all the commands that I have given you. The, the goal that God's calling us to is to teach obedience to the people around us. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. God, give me a new heart. Give me a new mind. Give me new eyes. Give me new ears. Give me new hands and feet. May my life point, Lord, to your love and who you are. See, God wants to do some brand new things inside of you. So that he can do some brand new things through you. I know we're all thinking about lunch. We're all checked out and ready to go home. But read this with me. You ready? This is the truth. God wants to do this in you this year. Okay, now, now here's the deal. I want to share this with you before we, I, I leave. We leave. Some of us have heard this message every single year. We've wrapped it differently with a different title. Every pastor 
the first of January every year has some kind of a brand new way, you know, new resolution for what we need to do this year. And most of us probably yawn and listen to it and maybe even kind of halfway, yeah, that sounds good. But I'm telling you, if we connect ourselves to God and we got serious about letting God do some new things inside of us, He would do some new things through us. You were not created to sit in a chair on Sunday morning and listen to me yak or somebody else yak and go home and that's it for the rest of the week. That's not what you were designed to do. You were not designed to come and sit in here and listen to me or somebody else if you go somewhere else normally and just come back every week and that's it. That's not what God designed you to do. He designed you to let him change you from the inside out. And as he changes you, he's going to use you. But most people stop at having, letting God use them. I don't want to be used. That would require change and hang into that. If you pray, give me a new heart. Give me a new mind. Give me new eyes and ears and feet and hands. Can I tell you what happened? He'd do it. Be less chairs empty in here in the 1130 service. Because you'd start to get a burden for the people around you. Instead of just coming, you'd start to think about who could you bring with you. Unrelated to our church, you'd start saying, God, help, show me, show me how I can be salt and light to the people that I work with. You'd look at your own time differently. You'd look at your talents differently. You'd look at your resources differently. He would begin to change you. What would happen if we accepted the challenge this year to let God have us? Let's stand together. I mentioned, uh, mentioned earlier that Most people don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. So I guess my question is, when every day can you get with God and pray, God, give me a brand new heart and mind and eyes and ears and hands and feet. When's that going to be? You heard the truth today. Let me share some grace with you. We're seeing that happen throughout our church people's lives and hearts being changed. That's what we celebrated last service. Some of you have had that same experience. We're seeing some people whose mindset is changing. Just this last year, we've seen, seen a couple of marriages that were dead that God has restored. We're seeing people start, I just got a text the other day of, of an adult who's being called in full-time ministry and he, their ears are being changed. We're starting to see more flash mobs and, and mission projects and people that are meeting with people and being the hands and the feet. God wants to do some great things in our community this year. And we hope and encourage you to pray about how you can be a part of that. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for who you are. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that we can have a fresh dose of your presence, a brand new dose every single day. We give you praise and glory for who you are. In Jesus' name.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.